What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing amazingly well. What a massive weekend in the world of pro wrestling, and we're going to get to as much of it as we possibly can in just a few minutes. I want to start by saying thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to the Faction, whether you're following us on the socials at the Faction Show or you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you're listening to us. Thank you so much. It really does mean the world that you continue to support the content that we produce. It means everything. So thank you so much. Do me a favor. Share what we're doing with a friend or follower on the socials or in your own personal network. Let people know what we're doing because it certainly makes a massive difference as we continue to share about the world of pro wrestling. So as I said, it was a massive, massive weekend. Heads up, we are going to have a very special uh, AEW Double or Nothing report coming your way. So stay tuned for that. But like I said, a massive weekend in the world of pro wrestling. Let's start with something that's unusual because it's rare that we have SmackDown and Dynamite coming to us on the same night. But it happened this past Friday night. Thanks, of course, to the NBA playoffs on TNT. So we don't have the ratings yet for AEW's Dynamite. We do have the ratings for SmackDown. And, well, it wasn't all that great. SmackDown brought in an average of 1.755 million viewers, which is a loss of about 80,000 viewers from the previous week. What's also interesting is they faced a couple of challenges. Challenge number one being Memorial Day weekend. Challenge number two being an NBA playoff game that happened on ABC. So ironically, AEW missed the playoff game by moving to Friday, but SmackDown did not change what they were doing at all, and their ratings were impacted by a little bit. It wasn't massively huge, but I will say anytime SmackDown is below 2 million viewers, it is a reason to pause, and it is a cause for concern. So, Things are going to be interesting. I will tell you this. I really believe that SmackDown will completely change in terms of ratings and content once fans return to SmackDown in the middle of July. So I say continue to enjoy and support what's happening, but look for major changes once we hit July because I really think that when the fans return to a SmackDown, to Raw, to WWE's weekly programming, they're going to really be forced to kick things up a notch. With that said, we saw something similar happen on Dynamite where the fans actually returned in mass to AEW Dynamite. Now, it was the go-home show for the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, and I gotta say, it was... A mediocre show. It wasn't the greatest show, but I think we all knew they were saving it for AEW's Double or Nothing. So with that said, I have some non-AEW related news to bring to you. Well, not necessarily. It is AEW related. One of the biggest pieces of news that came out, of course, on Friday was the announcement of potential talks that have been happening between WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. We mentioned it on our socials and we asked you guys to give us some dream matches that you like to see and you guys certainly flooded us with some great potential matches there we also heard 
a promo cut by AEW owner and booker Tony Khan, which was released right before AEW Dynamite aired on Friday night, where basically he kind of challenged what WWE was doing in terms of their relationship or potential relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He talked about the battle of the cons, Nick versus Tony, just kind of craziness. I will simply say this. Not a good move by Tony Khan. Uh, however, I'm going to also prove to you why people aren't talking about it right now. So with that said, could WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling work together? If you ask me, I really think that the concept of New Japan Pro Wrestling and WWE working together is a much more inviting and intriguing concept than AEW and New Japan working together. Uh, we've seen New Japan certainly try to make inroads in the American marketplace. They've done it with the launch of their New Japan Pro Wrestling America brand. Previously, they've done it with partnerships with Ring of Honor. They've now done it with partnerships with Impact and AEW. But for what it's worth, for maximum exposure, you need to be connected to WWE. I think there are more intriguing match potentials with WWE than there are with AEW. There are more first-time opportunity matches that we could see. So I think it could really be interesting. Time, of course, will tell, and there are a lot of potential things that need to happen for this to work, but certainly the buzz about it has been really, really big. One other piece of news coming from Dynamite that I think is really important, there was a promo that was cut by then AEW Women's World Champion Hikaru Shida. And from that promo, apparently the mics were still on for the international feed on Fight TV. And the Spanish commentators continued to talk. And what happened was Spanish language commentator Willie Urbina ultimately did some things that probably weren't very good. He was asked while the mics were still on to try to talk a bit about Sheeta's promo and Urbina chose to mock her Asian accent. It was bad, guys, like really, really bad. So bad that the next day, AEW fired Willie Urbina, which was the right move. They had no other option. They should not have entertained anything else. And so congratulations to AEW for making that move. Willie Urbina gone from the Spanish language commentator team, and rightfully so. That was an absolutely tasteless act. And you can actually hear what he did on Twitter and uh, let's just say it was really, really bad. You don't have to understand English to understand when he is mocking Hikaru Shida. Just a bad, bad move. With that said, AEW had a massive weekend. They had, of course, Dynamite. Then they went on and had the big fan fest that happened on Saturday. There were tapings of Dark Elevation and AEW Dark on both Friday and Saturday, both with fans. You may have seen some of it if you watched AEW Dark Elevation yesterday. That led us, of course, to Sunday and Double or Nothing. And I'm going to tell you about that when we come back. Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, June 4th as Southern Honor Wrestling returns to the Action Building for SHW 28. The savior, David Ali, puts his SHW championship on the line as he faces off against the heathen, Logan Creed. Could we be seeing Logan Creed return to the top of SHW? 
Joe Black makes his long-awaited return to action as he teams with Gunnar Miller to take on Lethal Poison. Also in action, Owen Knight battles Ashton Starr, and the new SHW Tag Team Champions Technical Excellence make their first title defense against Ben and Bull Buchanan. Plus, Denny Jordan, All-Star Special, The Honor Society, Sunny Days, and more. Tickets on sale the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. SHW, this is our wrestling. All right, AEW Double or Nothing. Let me first start by saying if you follow us on the socials, you may know this, but if you didn't, I had the opportunity to be at AEW Double or Nothing this weekend, and uh, I was there with my SHW broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield. Shout out to Brandon. It was a fantastic weekend. Lots of things went down. I want to start by saying this. If you have not watched the pay-per-view, it is absolutely worth watching. I'm going to just go ahead and plow in. I'm not going to give a ton of spoilers, so you can certainly keep this on if you don't want to hear spoilers. But then again, the results have been all over the internet. But here's the big deal. The big thing for me coming out of AEW was the return of fans. Now, AEW has been forward thinking. They have been leading the charge as it relates to welcoming fans back. They were the first American major promotion to do so. And it started when they began welcoming fans back at 10% capacity, then 15% capacity. Then we saw at AEW Revolution back in February that they welcomed back fans at 25% capacity, still with social distancing, still with mask requirements. But as we saw this weekend, social distancing out the window, mask requirements out the window. I will tell you just from going in, one of the differences between Revolution and Double or Nothing. At Revolution, they checked your temperature upon entering the venue. Uh, they had some special things going on in terms of if you wanted to get merchandise and the like, you had a, a QR code that you had to scan and then you would order your merch and they'd text you when it was ready or email you when it was ready. All of that gone. There was no temperature check. There was no any of that type of thing happening. It was full board, 100% capacity. Admittedly, I will just be completely transparent and say I was nervous, very nervous, slightly anxious about it. But of course, I masked up. My broadcast partner, Brandon, he masked up. So we were all good in that regards. I had plenty of sanitizer. So I'm safe. I'm good. With that said, there was a weird juxtaposition I felt. On one hand, there was the anxious moment of, oh my God, I've not been around this many people since the start of the pandemic. And yet, there was this euphoria when fans began to chant, when fans began to cheer, when fans began to yell and scream. I will tell you, there is no place like a pro wrestling audience when they are totally jacked. Everybody was respectful for the most part. It was an amazing experience. And as I've often said, and I will say again, the secret sauce to AEW and all other wrestling promotions are the fans. And my hope 
is that every wrestling promotion under the sun after this pandemic ends will recognize the value of their fans, will listen to their fans, will respond appropriately to their fans. Should fans get everything they want? Not necessarily, because all fans don't want the same thing. But I do think it is important to listen to your fan base and to respond appropriately. You can tell AEW their wrestlers performed different there were better presentations there were no duds and let's think about this a lot of the snafus and gaffes that AEW has had over the last few months be it the Cody Rhodes promo be it what happened at Blood and Guts be it what happened at AEW Revolution it all happened when fans weren't back at 100%. I will tell you that they got everything right at Double or Nothing. Uh, from the matches, the match qualities, the results, whether we liked it or not, they somehow managed to make Kenny Omega really the most hated man in AEW, perhaps more hated than MJF. Uh, it, it was just really incredible. The pop that happened, the just roar of the crowd from so many things, it was really, really special. So we've got a new women's world champion in Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And let me tell you something, they absolutely made the right choice. Congratulations to Hikaru Shida, who, you know, you could make the argument in fairness that perhaps she could have or should have won that match and been given the opportunity to go on the road and tour with fans as the AEW champion. But, you know, things happen, and I think it was definitely time for Dr. Britt Baker to become champion. So many matches, so many incredible moments, and one of the big moments was the shocker that a lot of the world is talking about. Mark Henry joining AEW as the new color analyst for AEW Rampage, which begins in August. Perhaps more importantly, he's joining AEW as a coach. And there are a lot of questions and a lot of conversation about it. So I want to tell you about this story that happened Sunday morning before the pay-per-view. I'm coming downstairs to meet B-Dub, uh, Brandon Benefield, as we're getting ready to have breakfast. And who is sitting in the lobby but Mark Henry. Mark Henry, as you guys know, has been a guest on this show several times. We've kept in touch. So I had an opportunity to meet him face to face. We talked. We had a fantastic time. Had the opportunity to meet Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio, who I am a massive fan of. Just a wonderful time spending with Dave LaGreca's family, Mark Henry and his son, all of those cool things. And at no point did Mark Henry indicate that anything was going down? In fact, I saw Dave LaGreca later at Double or Nothing before this announcement happened as we were all entering the gates. And he asked me where Mark Henry was because Mark had been at the venue all day and nobody could find him. Nobody would hear from him. Well, everybody was shocked. Everybody was swerved. The folks from Busted Open didn't know. I didn't know. Nobody knew that Mark Henry would be joining AEW. And we will look to have Mark Henry on the show once again in the future 
talk about this, but I will just say one of the reasons this is so massive, if you've listened to any of our previous interviews with Mark Henry, you know he has been a WWE guy for life. Ever since he entered the business back in 1996, he's only been with WWE. He's been an ambassador for WWE. He is a talent scout. Think about this. We would not have the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, nor would we have the absolute sensation in AEW, Jade Cargill, if it were not for Mark Henry. And they aren't the only folks who can give credit to Mark Henry, discovering them, finding them, and giving them opportunities in WWE or in AEW. So with that said, for Mark Henry to take his expertise, his mind, his experience to AEW speaks volumes for AEW. And I will say this, and again, you know, we can pontificate, et cetera, et cetera. But what's happening in the water at WWE when you lose three great wrestling minds like Christian, like The Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White, and like Mark Henry, those three guys have so much experience and so much to offer to the business, and it is shocking to me that WWE did not leverage that and did not lock that up, especially with the return of fans. I say AEW is about to get exponentially better because they have these minds working with them, and I will say this. It's going to be a fun day in AEW as they get ready to head back on the road. They'll be back on the road in July. We found out that their next two pay-per-views will be on the road. All Out will be, of course, in Chicago in the birthplace of AEW. Full Gear is going to be in St. Louis. This is going to be an incredible time. And so I would suggest to you, friends and family, do what you got to do to feel safe if you want to return to wrestling events. Certainly get vaccinated, wear your masks, do whatever you need to do that makes you feel safe because pro wrestling with fans is back. And this is a sport, unlike any other sport, that needs fans. In fact, what I think I'm going to do, I think one of these days we'll have a full-on show to talk about the pandemic era of wrestling, what history will say about the pandemic era of wrestling, and really how valuable fans are to this sport. That's coming. Before we go, and certainly there will be more conversation about AEW's Double or Nothing uh, later this week, so stay tuned for that. We've got SHW 28 coming up at the end of the week. I can't wait for that to happen, but I do want to take some time. We mentioned this on our socials as well, but I want to take some time to send our love and our condolences and our thoughts and prayers to our good brother, Brandon Clack, who you guys know he's been a part of the faction since day one we certainly celebrated over time when he and his wonderful wife Christabel were pregnant with uh, their beautiful daughter Zoe who is a niece to us and uh, she's absolutely amazing and uh, we lost Zoe on Friday and uh, just something that has gripped my heart and I know so many of you have reached out uh, to show love to Brandon but please keep Brandon, Christabel and their incredible family in your prayers, in your thoughts, send them good wishes, send them lots of love. Uh, it, it is just an incredible situation. We are certainly grateful for the undisputed world champion that is Zoe Mariah 
Clack. So we send our love to Zoe, to the Clack clan, and uh, we just know that great things are going to come out of this, even though it is a wildly painful moment. So at some point, we'll be hearing from Brandon, uh, but certainly, as you can imagine, there is no rush for that. We want him to spend as much time with his family as they are in this moment. Uh, but just know that the entire faction family, myself, my brother, Courtney, my brother, John, we are all praying for Brandon and his family. And we ask that you guys would do the same. All right. With that said, we're going to get out of here. We've got more content coming your way this week. So stay connected to us on our socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Stay subscribed and continue to be connected to what we're doing content-wise here. And get ready because I'm telling you, some amazing days are ahead in the world of pro wrestling and for us here at The Faction. So until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner. You can call me GB and you can call us The Faction. Have a great day. I